Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. A lot to get to inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center after another Tuesday with Ryan Day and Jim Knowles. We are going to just dive right in, not waste any time with the 40-year vet Tim May with Andy Backstrom and me, Spencer Holbrook, on a practice report here, fellas. Um, injury reports. Um, Jim Knowles says Tommy Eikenberg will play unless they make him not play. Um, well, no. He was, he <laughs> yeah. was more assertive. As is toughness. Yeah. Um, but clearly they're looking at something there that's interesting. Uh, Lathan Ransom, I, I think it's safe to say, will not play. Will not play. Um, we're monitoring the situation with Denzel Burke. I think Ryan Day made sure to comment on Denzel aside from Lathan that he yeah. expects a, a week of practice this week. That's good news for the Buckeyes and for Denzel Burke. Not a lot of chatter about Cade Stover this week. We'll continue to monitor that Josh situation. Josh Proctor's being monitored. Josh Proctor's being monitored. And then we've got no changes at special teams. There will be no changes at the special teams coordinator, not uh, something that we expected to happen, but still noteworthy that Ryan Day was asked if he's considered making a change. He said that Parker Fleming is a great coach and a great teacher. He's around him every day. He believes in him. And so he gets the vote of confidence from the head coach, Ryan Day, um, as the scrutiny around special teams continues to swirl inside this building and outside this building with a lot of chatter about Parker Fleming. That is all on the practice report. Of course, we'll get offense and defense as well. Tim, your big takeaway from uh, Tuesday inside the Woody. 
Well, well, the one takeaway in, in response to the last thing you were talking about, that three things can happen when you signal in plays and two of them are bad. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, like we said, if you knew Jesse Murko could, could punt with his left foot, that, that wouldn't have been such a problem. I think we covered all that on Monday, right, from the horseshoe, yeah. from the stadium. Uh, my takeaways are that uh, the one thing I'm looking at coming out of there is Cal McCord's progress. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, and, and you know, Ryan Day would love for him to be Dan Marino right now. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. That's not the way. Work. That's not the way it works with quarterbacks, especially first-year starting quarterbacks. He's continuing up that, and I think he is progressing, continuing up that little like a stock index chart. You know, up and down, up and down, uh, uh, arrhythmia kind of. You know. Yep. And uh, but I think he likes the progress he is on. But you still got to see progress. Yep. And, uh, oh. and the other thing, real quick, that Devin Brown oh. could be much more available this week than he was last week, and he was available to play last week in a pinch. Yeah, my takeaway is probably that they won the red zone game against Rutgers, and that was the big difference. They, Ryan Day calls them four-point plays, offensively and defensively. Yeah. You know, he pointed out, and it's something that I wanted to mention on the video on Monday, but I forgot to, Davidson Ibanosin didn't have his best game against Rutgers, but he also made that tackle on the – Fumbleruski cousin, you know, related yeah. trick play, mm-hmm. and he just sprinted downfield to get uh, Kyle Munningai down, which are which is just huge for that Four position. Point play. Yeah, I mean, so the fact that they're winning in the red zone on defense, and finally they won in the red zone on offense, scoring touchdowns in all four of their trips there, that was something that was clearly a success point that they pointed out in you know reviewing the film, and I think that that's something they're going to try to replicate going forward. Um, and then also with more of the Kyle McCord talk, I thought that it was interesting of what Ryan Day highlighted, what was good and bad. He said that he felt like he handled the sack pretty well. They were put in a third and long in that situation. And he was happy with the checkdowns that Kyle McCord took. So I think, you know, there was a lot said about, you know, Kyle McCord not pushing the ball downfield. It seems like there was satisfaction with the staff in terms of evaluating his performance and, and some of that tentativeness that people thought was more just him being careful with the football, which they were actually happy with. Yeah, and my big beef about, about that aspect of it on – on, on Monday was the fact that, okay, if they're putting a cloud, basically they're putting a cloud or a little wall back there, you know, a certain point. Now eat up that part that's in the middle. You know, that I didn't think Ohio State did a, uh, although he hit those passes, I don't think Ohio State did as good a job of eating up that middle intermediate zone area, which were, you know, uh, uh, which w- was ripe for the picking in my mind. But like we said, you look at the stats at the end of the game and Cal McCord had a, pretty damn good game, including a start, you know, historic start. Uh, uh, but Career high in completion percentage. Correct. But that's not all there is to it. Yeah. it's the, It was more the stats show you one thing. The eye test shows you another thing for some people. And I understand what you're saying, Tim. My big takeaway was that Jim Knowles views the, the rushing performance there against Rutgers as an anomaly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I made sure to ask Wait him. Wait a minute. Somebody. Yeah. But are you the one that invoked that word? I mean, I asked him if it was an anomaly, and he said, "Yes." I look at play by play. I yeah. don't look at yeah. the rushing total, which yeah. is what I was getting at here. Is like, yeah, he didn't use that word. He doesn't. He doesn't look at the overall output of rushing. So yes, Rutgers had 232 yards rushing. Um, I took the last play of the game and subtracted that because it was a throwaway play. So that's 10 yards. Takes you down to 222. I took the 45-yard fluke. You can't take it away, but it was one where Rutgers just kind of got him. I don't view that as like a down-to-down rushing success play. It was more of like a trick play. I took that away. So you're down inside the 180, and then you take away the sack yards, and there's another nine yards. So it was around like 170. It was right around where Notre Dame was. 
um, on a play-by-play -play basis of like how the running game operated. But Jim Knowles looks at it from a down-to-down -down perspective. Rutgers had more success in explosives in the running game than any other team this year other than Notre Dame. But also, I don't think Jim Knowles was too like dissatisfied with the way the run defense performed. And I thought that was interesting because I guess for the first time this year, and I'm not saying I know ball, but like what I saw on film and what Jim Knowles saw were a couple little different because he, he doesn't seem to be as bothered by it. And I think they're going to try to get the run issues shored up if there are any. But that was yeah, my big takeaway the, is, yeah. is kind of like how he kind of push-pulled uh, at the question there. And I thought it was a good little back and forth yeah. there. And your, fit, your, your fits are still have to be your fits. I mean, you know, your, your gap sound and it still has to be gap sound. That's what he's looking at. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, I, I mean, I'm not not, you know, because you and I are good friends. Uh, I carried concrete with you to the dump. That's how good a friend I am. Uh, but, for example, that little trick play they ran to get the first down and, and basically the longest play against Ohio State so far this year, right? Yeah. That set up a field goal. That wasn't a throwaway. I mean, that was, I mean, that, that was that was meaningful rushing yardage that helped Rutgers take the lead in the game, uh, a game that they were 18-point uh, underdogs in. So, you know, there are all kinds of ways to look at things. But uh, that's the only thing I would disagree with you on your on the way you explained that. Yeah, I think the defensive performance is kind of under the microscope just because we're not used to seeing this defense do that. Uh, and give up that and give up those type of plays all year and now they did against of all teams Rutgers and I know it's a different type of Rutgers but the logo is the logo and people think of Rutgers a certain way um, but then again Andy again I'm going to bring it up to you and let you kind of tee off here the red zone these Buckeyes just continue to do well in the red zone yeah Tim's going to write about it I think after this and it's they give you an inch they're going to defend it and that's the motto that Jim Knowles brought in from Oklahoma State and it's really set in this year more than last year. And I think that, you know, he doesn't call it bend, but don't break. It's more back to that motto. And I think that this defense has really taken hold of that. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that this defense looks a little bit different right now with some injuries. We talked about the injuries, yeah. right? But I thought it was interesting Gabe Powers was brought up today. And Jim Knowles said that he feels like he's turning a corner. And now Cody Simon is there. You get the sense that if Tommy Eggenberg couldn't play, Cody Simon would slide in. But there could be more of a rotation. And maybe uh, Gabe Powers is that third you know replaces Cody Simon in that situation so I thought that was an interesting mention Jermaine Matthews talked about again for his kind of moxie again he that's should the word. be right and uh, I thought he played a really great game against Rutgers and that he is giving them a lift at corner um, you know Denzel Burke apparently practicing today or be on the practice field today but as long as Denzel Burke is out Jermaine Matthews is someone that's valuable to this defense yeah. and, and then Denzel Burke on the practice field to what level you know yeah. that's yeah. the question and uh, yeah Jermaine Matthews his nickname should be Jermaine Moxie Matthews and then he <laughs> I think also, that's a good nickname there was also Malik Hartford Moxie. who was brought up who, Malik Hartford who was brought up who started a game against Youngstown State was not ready for that moment by people that we talked to in the building and, and kind of publicly a little bit just didn't really feel like he was Feeling the game out very well, so they take him out. He continues to learn, and then he goes in there, plays 31 snaps against Rutgers, and looks yeah. decent. He, I don't, I don't know if you would say that he had a great game, but I don't think that you would dock him for anything because he's a true freshman out there in in, in some. Uh, he appeared to be lining up correctly, though. Yeah, in some tricky spots. So uh, it's the the freshmen are not as much freshmen anymore, and I think that's a big thing. Uh, Tim, you brought up Kyle McCord. I think it's good to to shift over to the offense. I asked Ryan Day about. Uh, the running game and, and how much more confident it is with Travion Henderson in there. Um, he said it's a group effort, but but there's certainly a different feel, you know, when 32's got the ball he, because he's just such a difference maker. Uh, this offense looks like it's starting to come together, and I know that people still want to see a lot more from the passing game, you, yourself included, Tim, with the intermediate stuff. But 
with 32, you're starting to see this team run the ball more effectively, which is going to help the passing game here down the stretch. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the Cleveland Browns when they had 32 way back when. I think his name was Jim Brown. And they looked a lot different. I'm not going to compare Travion to Jim Brown just yet. But no, we'll I'm see. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying when you've got a big, when you've got a great, when you've got a great back, I would put Travion Henderson in the great back category. Yeah, I think he's the best back in the Big Ten. Yeah, he is. He is as explosive as anybody in the Big Ten. That is for sure. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, the, the the potential of any play can go to the house if uh, if he can get to the second level. His burst, you know, is just amazing. I mean. I remember Keith Byers, you know, his 40 time was whatever it was. But man, when somebody was, when somebody, when he was splitting a gap or, or somebody was chasing him, he was fast enough. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and Trayvon Henderson, I think Keith Byers would be the first to tell you Trayvon Henderson is faster than he was probably. I don't know. Maybe uh, Keith might fight that, but I, I digress. Uh, <laughs> I'd take Trayvon knowing, in a race knowing, right now. Knowing Keith. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. And now, you know, we talked about this, I keep bringing it up, but we talk about different things, right? People watch our videos. Now the key is, is Travion going to be able to finish this regular season, you know, healthy, stay that way. Maybe don't overuse him. He's not probably going to win the Heisman Trophy, for example. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So uh, so my my question is, how much more are we going to see a chip train him? And are we going to see Dallin Hayden, you know, I don't know why they're redshirting him. It's still a mystery to me, but are we going to see them burn that and and get him some more carries the next couple of games? Because man, you know, you want Travion Henderson ready uh, at the end of the at the end of the month. Yep. And because of what the threat he brings, which opens things up for the guy that just walked behind us there, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, you want him. You want him as close to 100% as you can be at this point in the season. And so I know they're juggling that those those questions. But you also want him to get his. He also. You, know, you want him to get his too, meaning what's coming to him from a stat standpoint, et cetera, from a performance standpoint. Because this is like performance. This is performance art. Is what these guys are doing. And you want. He loves the big stage. You can see it. So you want him to have his moments there in, in the uh, spotlight. He so also has an interesting uh, balancing act they got to run. He also hasn't played a complete, a, a healthy game against Michigan. Last year he didn't play in the game. Correct. And his freshman year he got banged up in the Penn State game and didn't look the same Correct. after that. So he has not played healthy against the Wolverines. So like it's a big deal to get him to November 25th at full strength. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lighter workload against a hapless Michigan State team and a, and a pretty bad Minnesota team. So, uh, Andy, I guess I'll just throw it over. Do you think – Ohio State's injury situation, do you think we'll see a, a, a few different guys on the field on Saturday against Michigan State? Because I think I, I'm in the camp that I, I think that that's what we're gearing up for here. Yeah, I mean, I think some out of necessity. We yeah. talked about some already. I think that we'll, yeah, we could see Jermaine Matthews again. I don't, I don't know. You know, we don't know the situation. Jair Brown, maybe. We could see, you know, more of Malik Hartford or we even saw Kai Stokes for a play against Rutgers. Yeah. Like, those guys are all in play. Jahad Carter, I know he's trying to get back. He was warming up before the Rutgers game. Maybe he would be in play. I'm the not sure. The fact he was on the trip was big news. Yeah. So, yeah, there's always a possibility that uh, one guy we probably won't see is, is Jelani Thurman. Um, I know that we talked a lot about him in the offseason. And I think he is someone that has a lot of talent. Look how upset he is. But, no, I'm just, but, I, but I think that, you know, from the, the way he was I think we're going to see about, Jelani Thurman. It's going to be interesting when it happens. Well, I don't know. But <laughs> today, from this point, it seems like we might not see him this week. Uh, just because it seems like they're satisfied with what they got from Patrick Gerd and G. Scott Jr. at uh, tight end, no matter if Cade Stover plays this week or not. And 
uh, yes, it's a thin position group, but they seem to be okay with those Hey, guys. I'm going to get a football out here, so when, when, it's, when you pass the football to that guy, he's talking. When you <laughs> give it to stick. him, he's talking, <laughs> and I'm not. You know, and then when you all give it to me, I'm talking, and I'm stiff-arming. Uh, I'm trying to stay away. I think you'd be but, trying to rip it out of there. I want to tell you something. Patrick Gerd. Patrick Gerd. I mean, this is a guy walk-on. I mean. Playing well. He's played well for a couple of games now, and he's, he's, he deserves his own moment in the in – the, uh, in the conversation here yes. and stuff, because I mean, boy, to, to achieve what he has gotten to is is pretty remarkable. I'm I'm trying to get them to bring him out tomorrow so I can do a little piece on him. But uh, uh, but that just shows you, man. Uh, different guys have to step up at different times. But that's why I'm not giving up on the Jelani Thurman thing. I mean, Kate Stover winked at me as he left the field uh, on Saturday, uh, because as we know, in a push come to shove, he could have played. Mm -hmm. yeah. But man, the more time you can put in between really stressing and not. That's gold at this point in a season. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at Ohio State and you look at that, quote, close game they had as the national commentators kept calling it, even though they beat the spread. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got you to gotta figure out some way to equate what they did with what Georgia did against Missouri, right? So you can justify whatever you want, want to justify in a conversation. But uh, the, the players we just talked about who either couldn't play, didn't or couldn't play, didn't play, or left the game like a Josh Proctor, uh, this team – is still looking pretty pretty damn good. Still looking pretty damn worthy of being a uh, uh, maybe the number one team in the country, in my opinion. Definitely one of the top three. I don't know if they will be number one on Tuesday night. We will learn that uh, on Tuesday night, and we will have coverage of that at LettermanRow.com. Believe it or not, this team is getting healthier. I truly believe that. Josh Proctor's injury does not seem to be something major. I would expect him back either this week or next week. Uh, Denzel Burke doesn't seem to be major. Kate Stover, we know that he's not going to sit out much. Uh, you know that Tommy Eichenberg's going to tough it out. If you don't see if you don't see 35 on the field on November 25th, he's probably, uh, you know, not with us anymore because I think he'd have to be dead not to play in that game. Uh, so like I, you won't see it on Saturday either. But I do think this team is getting healthier. Yeah, I think he took and, that a little too far that analogy. But I'm, I'm with you. And uh, uh, looks like he's got at least a pretty major bruise situation going on in his yeah. elbow. As, you know, Jim knows kind of let the let yeah. it out of the bag right at elbow situation because he probably got hyperextended or something. And I know they took him in and I'm sure they x-rayed and stuff, but he came back out on the field, which was a good sign. But speaking of Patrick Gerd, I think his dad's Andy Gerd, right? I, former Buckeye, former Buckeye linebacker. I don't know. I should have looked that up before I even brought it up. If it's not, you can cut this part out. But I'm uh, not cutting anything out. But he played. You with, said it. He played with one arm one time as a linebacker. Uh, got banged up. That's how maybe how thin they were at that point in the season, but also how tough Andy Gerd was as a linebacker at Ohio State. I think Tommy Eikenberg's tougher. He's the toughest guy I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, closing thoughts, Andy, before we get out of here. Yeah, I think you know Ryan Day has been asked about things regarding the Michigan sign stealing investigation, and I know Tim, you asked him today. Uh, he's got other questions about it. He's not answering those right now. He's focused on Michigan State. He's focused on the end of the season. I thought he made an interesting point. You know, the teams that ignore the noise the most tend to have the most success at the end of the season. He mm -hmm. said good and bad noise. Yeah. So, he, you know, he said last year with this defense, they took a lot of heat. You know, they weren't playing well down the stretch, and that was bad noise. Well, now the defense is getting all the good noise. Said, you know, being told they're one of the best defenses in the country. Well, that, you have to also block that out too, not just all the rumors and investigations. Mm -hmm. And so 
it seems like that is just the focus right now. He's not even saying no comment. He just said, I'm not going to say anything. He's not giving anyone anything at this point, which nope. I think is what you should do in this kind of situation. But at least he found a way to kind of answer my question, you know, because obviously his family's name uh, was inserted into this in a bogus way. Yeah, of course. And uh, I know that I know that cut him to the core. I mean, I'm sure of that. It would have and, to, yeah. Uh, but, but he's been very consistent about not saying anything about the thing and letting the authorities, you know, close quotes, take care of business, which looks like it's going to happen sometime this week, maybe even, who knows, could be tonight, could be tomorrow. But do you expect a ruling of some sort coming from Tony Petiti in the Big Ten office about this situation? And you got to believe it involves some type of suspension situation. Ryan Day taking the high road on that situation. I think he's handled it perfectly in the media. When he said no comment, he thought he was doing well. People took that as, oh, he must have done something wrong. So he said, I'm not going to say even no comment because there's no point in this right now. I know he thinks it's stupid. I know he's not pleased with it all, but he's not going to say anything. And I think that's a, a, a great way to approach it all. Letterman Row. Ask have... me if I play golf very well. Ask me. No, because I... No, ask me. Do you play golf well, Tim? Uh, you know, I'm not going there. No comment. <laughs> there you go. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Tim May, he'll be on the golf course on Thursday. Go bother him on the 18th green. Just yell Noonan when he, when he tries to drive. Uh, but until then, we're going to be at LettermanRoad.com covering the Buckeyes. $1 for the first month. Hey, that gets you through the game, that rivalry game, with whoever's coaching at Michigan. Uh, that gets you through the Big Ten Championship game because we all three think Ohio State might be there uh, with a win in Ann Arbor. And it gets you almost up to National Signing Day with Matt Parker on the recruiting side. It definitely gets you through the college football playoff announcement where we find out where the Buckeyes will be for the holiday season. Letterman Row will be wherever they are, and Letterman Row will be at lettermanrow.com uh, for the foreseeable future. Tim May, the 40-year vet, Andy Backstrom, I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Go get that coverage right now, $1 for that first month, and we will see you over there at lettermanrow.com. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.